0: All right, hey, if you have your Bibles, I want you to get them out, and I want you to turn to Exodus chapter 20. That's uh, the second book of the Bible, and we're looking at the Ten Commandments. So that's where they're found, Exodus 20, to get there. If you have a note-taking sheet, love for you to get that out, and, uh, and you can follow along today. Let me get my notes up here. There we go. Uh, and I'm really glad you're here today, and we're going to be actually looking at this fifth commandment, which is to honor your father and your mother. And I know some of you are thinking, whoa, time out, I gotta go get my kids, because I want them in here to hear this. Because Dave, I hope you just let loose today and get my kids like figured out. Um, Just hang on a second, because there's something for all of us uh, here today. I had someone uh, tell me, it's like, man, I wish I would have known we were on this, because I have like even my adult kids, I would have invited them to come church today. I just didn't know you were on this commandment. So I'm gonna give you uh, kind of a hint. So if you look at Exodus 20, we're going through the 10 Commandments, you already know what the next weeks are going to be. So you can look ahead of those, like next week it's gonna be don't murder. And so if that applies to someone you know, or you, uh, what you're actually gonna find out is that it does apply to us, and so uh, you wanna be here. Uh, for that. So anyway, we're looking at this whole thing about parenting and and honoring our fathers and mothers. And I want to just say up front, I know that this commandment stirs a lot of things in us because we all come, and you're going to hear this multiple times today. I'm just going to give you an advance warning. Uh, We all come from imperfect homes and every home has a certain, and every family has a certain amount of dysfunction to it and we bring trauma from our homes and our parents and families and all this. So I know this stirs a lot of things today. And while I'm not gonna be able to address every single thing, we're actually gonna open kind of that can of worms a little bit and look at what God's trying to teach us in this and what he's really saying about the the state of our heart and souls when it even comes to our moms and dads and ultimately what it means with our relationship with him. So, so we're going to dive into that today. But as I was thinking about the whole idea of moms and dads and parenting, uh, I did a little kind of search online and uh, came across this thing. It was, it was called Top Parenting Phrases We Swore We'd Never Say. Because have you had those moments when you say something and you go, oh man, that sounds just like my dad or my mom. And I, I, I never wanted to do that. And yet you find it, it, it coming out. So see if any of these phrases um, kind of ring a bell for you don't look at me with those eyes, right? (laughs) Because I said so. Isn't that the phrase you you hated as a kid because like you wanted a reason and your parents didn't give you a reason. They just said, because I said so. And then we say it to our kids uh, back. Uh, How about this one? One day you'll thank me. (laughs) It's kind of the guilt-inducing one. Or this is is one of my favorites. And, And by the way, this is often said with a finger pointing up like this. And it's, As long as you live under my roof, you'll live by my rules, right? Or how about this one? This is gonna hurt me more than, (laughs) right. And this is the ultimate guilt-inducing one, or maybe shame-inducing one. When you have kids, I hope they act just like you, right? We have all of these phrases in our head around parenting. Some of those have been spoken to us, some of those that we've spoken uh, together. But as we've been in this series called uh, guardrails, started a few weeks ago, uh, we began it by connecting the definition of, like literally what a guardrail is, with the 10 Commandments. And the fact that both guardrails and the 10 Commandments are intended for protection and direction and freedom. If you were to actually Google guardrail, and you don't need to do that right now, but looking for a definition, it's this. It's a system designed to keep vehicles from straying into dangerous or off-limit areas. Now, you could easily just insert the word Ten Commandments in there. They are given to keep people from straying into dangerous or off-limit areas. Now we know originally the Ten Commandments were given to God's people, the nation of Israel. He just didn't establish these worldwide. It wasn't like, here you go world, here's these things. He gave them to his people, his people that he absolutely loved, his people that he had relationship with. And his desire for them is because he loved them so much, he wanted to keep them in a safe place. He wanted to kind of give them kind of a path to run on to ensure, and I want you to hear this, They're spiritual, emotional, mental, physical, relational, and the community well-being. And he wants the same for us. 10 Commandments isn't just some, you know, something for several thousand years ago that's no no longer relevant in 2022. God actually has these for us today so that we can have spiritual health, emotional health, mental health, physical health, relational health, and the health in our Community, not just the church community, but in, in general. That's why so many nations, including our own, as off as you may or may not think it is, is, has come from the 10 Commandments. The problem is that we've turned them into kind of legalistic rules rather than God's desire for his own people. Remember, God didn't give the 10 Commandments to turn bad people into good people. Like, if you'll just hit the mark, if you'll just obey the commandments, then God will love you and like you and have a place for you in his kingdom. It wasn't some checklist for us. He gave us the Ten Commandments to keep free people free. So let me give you a little just kind of background these last few weeks. Week one, we learned how not to have any other gods before God. That he is the one on the throne of our life. And he refuses to take a back seat to anyone. And that we shouldn't take other things and turn them into an idol or God. Not not the big G God who's our Heavenly Father but the little G God. Things like money and resources and material goods and position and power and relationships. And we turn those into the idols that we, we seek after and we worship in our life. And God says, Don't have any other idols before you, and don't minimize me or shrink me, the one true God that is unshrinkable, so that you can try to control or manipulate or manage me. I'm beyond that. So in that second commandment, God says, don't make any idols. The next week, we talked about the third commandment, which really speaks into who God is in our lives and who we are in him by not living out his name in vain. And in that week, and if you missed that, I would really encourage you to go online to YouTube and you can watch it. But we have taken that commandment uh, about the Lord's name in vain and we've turned it into kind of a don't, don't cuss or don't say certain words. And I will say, it does include what we speak. But this commandment is so much more than that. It's about integrity between what we say we believe and who we say we believe in and then how we speak and act and live. And so many times what we, what we believe in here doesn't match what we live out. And what happens is we turn God's name or his character into something uh, lightweight or, or kind of transient or, or worthless and we, we strip God of his holiness. And he says, I, I, I'm, I'm not gonna allow that, I'm commanding you to live in such a way that there's integrity in those areas. Last week we talked about the Sabbath day and to keep it holy, and that the Sabbath is, is more than just a kick back on the hammock, though that's fantastic, right? Some of you who have kids at home are going, I would pay big money for a day just to sit in a hammock and do that. Uh, and it can be that, and, and that's a really great thing. But the Sabbath wasn't just a nice idea that isn't relevant for us today, but it's a way for us to live out one day in seven of actually living and acting into trusting God's care and his provision. It's literally me saying, I'm gonna take a day to be renewed and refreshed and to rest in him because he has me and I don't have to strive and I can rest in him. It's a gift from God. And that brings us to this commandment number five. And this one probably stirs up more questions and concerns than, I I don't know about than all the other commandments, but it definitely has a lot of nuances to it that we wrestle with. So here's what it says, if you're there in Exodus 20, verse 12 says this, honor your father and mother, period. Now, there's a promise that comes that we're gonna read in just a second, but the commandment is this, honor your father and mother. Yeah, but Dave, what about this and what about this? And we're gonna actually look into all the whatabouts, 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 but God says this, honor your father and your mother. And then he gives a promise, then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Some of your parents, maybe for the first time ever in church, were about ready to say amen, right? Amen, I wish my, uh, I wish my kids would get this. Honor your father and mother. But I'll tell you, there is so much to unpack here Now we can look at this last part of the verse and know that God is talking to the nation of Israel. And he's telling them that if they honor their father and mother, they will live in this lifelong blessing that has to do with the promised land. And this was the land that they were heading towards, the land that God had prepared just for them. And so we can look at that and go, well, okay, well they had this promise of this land that God was giving them, but how does that apply to me in 2022. See, I, I'm, I'm fairly confident that no one lives in Turlock or Houston or Hillmar or Dinero series or wherever you live. Um, you don't live there because God promised this land centuries ago to you. None of us can raise our hand and go 400 years ago, God told my forefathers and foremothers that this is our land. We don't have that. I truly think if our great, great, great grandparents had really been listening to God, they would have settled in Carmel or Pacific Grove or something like that, right? But, but here's, here's what God is, is saying. He has blessing for you in the place where you now live. If you walk with honor and obedience again, I think we need some clarity around this because the question is, what's the heart issue behind this? So we have two parts to it. First, what does it mean to honor? And then second, who are my father and mother? And there, again, are questions around this. And, and I've heard these before. Is it my biological mom and dad? What about blended families? Does it include step parents? Does it include adoptive parents? Does it include grandparents who are raising grandchildren? What if the biological parents have abandoned their children? Am I supposed to obey my parents (coughs) even when I'm an adult? That they have like kind of the whatever they say I've gotta do, it's like I'm an adult, I got my own family, like is it still applying to me in that? And here are the harder ones. What if there's and has been abuse? What if there's extreme dysfunction? What if I've been wo- deeply wounded and traumatized? Because some of you are sitting here today, as we talk about parents and family, it stirs up all kinds of things. And so we, we come back to this, am, am I really supposed to honor that? Is, that is, is God just dismissing that and saying, just deal with it, you know? this is what you have to do. Is it really that calloused? Is it really that black and white and legalistic? Those are the challenges that surround this one. And we're going to kind of pick that apart uh, a little bit. But here, I think, is, is the core to it. We want to obey what God has said. I I know we wrestle with that, but I think at at some level, as people who say they believe in God, who wanna follow after him, we want to, to walk in that place of trust and obedience to God. But then we face things like this and we don't quite know what to do with it. And I will tell you that the family unit, specifically regarding the role of parenting, has changed dramatically over the centuries and over the different cultures. And a lot of the issues that I just named and the things that we struggle with around honoring our parents didn't exist much in the past. doesn't mean they didn't, but not to the extent that we see them in our culture today. These are the things that we're really facing. So, On one level, this commandment doesn't really answer all of those questions and all of the nuances of families and dysfunctions that we bring into the relationships in our family units. I mean, this verse literally says, honor your father and mother, period. But we're trying to contextualize it and figure out like, okay, so how how do I do this? Sometimes those come from very legitimate places. Sometimes, though, I think I want to ask specific questions and technicalities because I'm looking for a loophole. I'm looking for a moment, whether it's this commandment or another one, where I can go, aha, I don't have to obey this commandment because X, Y, and Z kind of eliminates that and kind of takes it off of the table. And sometimes I'm looking for all those little things because I'm trying to figure out a way to get out of it. But when it's all said and done, I wanna get to the heart of what God is commanding me. What is God's heart in this? And I will tell you at one level, it's this, and this is another thing you're gonna hear several times today. There's a connection between honoring my father and mother and honoring my heavenly father. Let me say that again. There's a connection between honoring my father and mother and honoring my heavenly Father. And we have to begin to see how these things are linked together and how one leads to the other. Remember uh, Jesus when he was speaking in the Sermon on the Mount, after he did the Beatitudes, right? Blessed are the the meek, and, and blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Remember he did all of those things. And then after that he shifted into this mode where he began calling out the law and the rules and giving a new take on them. He said things like, you've heard it said, and then he names several instances of the law. He named things like, you've heard it said, don't commit murder. You've heard it said, don't commit adultery. And he talks about several other things as well. So he lays those out and all the people listening to them, these were people who who knew the law, who knew the Ten Commandments, and they would go, oh, yeah, 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 we know those ones. We don't do those things we don't commit murder, we don't commit adultery. And he goes through all these things, he says, you've heard that, and then Jesus says this, but I tell you, and he gives them a fresh perspective. Now understand, Jesus was not letting them off the hook. He didn't say, you've heard it said, don't commit murder, but I tell you, if someone's really bugging you, yeah, it's okay. Like he's, he's not giving them an out for these. He's actually taking it deeper. He says, it, you've heard it said don't commit murder, but I'm telling you, if, if you dismiss someone and call someone a fool and treat them with contempt, you, you've, you've begun the process of murder in here. And all the people, they didn't do this, but I would, they went, whoa, time out, Jesus. What, what do you mean? Like Because like, what they were saying was, we've all done that. Because Jesus knew that the start of murder wasn't just one day I you know, just kind of went off and uh, I do not even know what happened. He was saying all those things build up in here. My intent, my anger, my frustration, my contempt of someone, my diminishing someone from, from a human being to a subhuman and Jesus knew that all started in the soul. When We talked about adultery, it was the same thing. Don't commit adultery, but I say, if you look at someone with lust in your eye, they do all go, whoa, 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 because they knew they'd all done that. Because Jesus was calling them back to the, the deeper, the, the core of what was really going on. The spirit of the law, not just the letter of the law. Now Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount does not mention this command of honoring your father and mother. So this is one isn't in there. But when we look at how he went about that in the Sermon on the Mount, we realize he gives us a process of digging deeper to the heart issues. That again, honoring my father and mother is deeply connected to living a life that honors my Heavenly Father. So let's dive in. I wanna give you a couple things. I want you to write these down on your note-taking sheet as we kinda unpack this a little bit. The first is this. God commands me to honor Authority. God commands me to honor authority. Now the Hebrew word for, for honor is used specifically here in uh, 2012 and honor is, is a great uh, translation of that. But to kind of pick it apart a little bit and maybe give us some more breadth to it, uh, that word means to be weighty. And not like you know a scale and pounds, but if something is truly important, that it has esteem and that it has respect. So uh, about a month ago, I'm sure you were aware in the news that um, the Queen of England passed away. And if you saw any of that on the news or on TV or you know, on YouTube or whatever it might be, uh, you saw that there was a certain way that they proceeded with uh, her funeral and memorial and internment and the transition of power and all those different things. And it wasn't just this, oh, no big deal, let's just do some. There was like protocol on how the casket needs to lay in state and who would surround that and the kind of roles and even down to what they wore and could they wear medals and you know, the whole Harry and Meghan thing and all those things going on. I mean, it was complicated because there was so much to this because it was a weighty matter. It had importance to it. So how they carried that out was prescribed in specific ways. And when we think about honoring our father and mother, God is saying from the very beginning, this is a weighty matter. This has importance to it. There is esteem that's tied to it. Some of you might remember the presidential race uh, back several presidents ago, maybe like, 15 years ago, uh, during some of the debates and different things that was going on, there was a word that came to prominence. Uh, It wasn't invented at that time, but it was the first time many people had heard it before. And the newscaster would say, you know, this candidate brings a certain gravitas. Do you remember that word? I remember hearing that and going, I think I know what that means, like gravity, like weight and all those things. But it means serious and important. And this word honor in the commandments, has that same feel to it. And God is commanding us to treat and respond to our fathers and mothers with respect, honor, with weightiness, and I want you to catch this here, don't turn this off, to see their role and their position as being important and serious. And in this, God is, is almost taking out the personal side to it because what we want to do is go, yeah, 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 but you should see what they do. And it's like he's removing that part and he's commanding us to respect and honor the role and the position that parents occupy. And here's going to be a hard phrase for you to hear. No matter how good or how bad they are. We're not honoring the things necessarily that they have done or haven't done, God is leading us to a place to honor and recognize the importance of the role and the position that they have in our lives. Because again, when we have that honor here, it translates to the honor that we have for our Heavenly Father. And again, I know this is challenging for some of us today, Because maybe your parents haven't lived or operated in a way that deserves honor, and it cuts deep to our heart and to our souls. Maybe even to our very identity. Maybe how we even see ourselves today, or the shame that we carry, or the triggers that sometimes come from certain events that happen. But understand, God isn't commanding this lightly or flippantly, he's looking at the deeper implications. Because this, is sets the stage for how we will honor and respect Him. But it even goes beyond that. It's also how we will honor and respect ourselves and how we will honor and respect others. Now, if you were to lay the 10 commandments out, you would see that the first four commandments have to do with honoring the vertical relationship between us and God, right? Have no other gods before me, don't make idols, don't take the name in vain, and have a Sabbath day. This has to do with our relationship with God. The, the last commandments have to do with our horizontal relationships on how we operate with each other and how we operate in community, right? Don't, don't lie, don't, don't commit adultery, don't murder, don't steal, don't covet, all those kinds of things. But it's how we value and respond. Because of this relationship with God, then this is how we operate in relationship with one another. But this commandment right here is different. It's the bridge. It's about honoring our parents and the position they play imperfectly, sometimes hurtfully, but it's honoring them and that God has placed them, even though it's only for a time, in authority over us. And the question is, can we honor and submit to that? Because it's laying the foundation to honor and respect the position and the role that our Heavenly Father has. And can we submit and live in obedience and surrender to Him, the perfect Father, I I know it's easy to look at our imperfect parents, right? And be able to dismiss and justify dishonoring. Just like if you're a parent, hate to bring this up, your kids can look at you and say, you're not perfect. And I will tell you this, I am an imperfect dad. I have said things and done things that have hurt and wounded my kids. I didn't do that intentionally, but I know in my imperfection that has happened. And so we can point out the flaws and the mistakes of of parents. And I realize some of you here in this room, your parents have passed away, you're you're older, and so you're going, well, what does this have to do with me? I want you to hang on for a moment, because again, this is is setting the stage for our relationship with God. But we can pick apart all of those things and then then we we can say, well, I'm not going to honor you or respect you because of that. But here's, here's the challenge. Is, is that this small journey then leads us to a place to say, God, because you didn't answer my prayer when and how I wanted, I choose not to honor you. See, we become the arbiters of whether we're going to honor or respect or treat someone or God himself in that place of honor, and it's challenging. Do you know that the honor of your father and mother is the foundation for the whole love for our neighbor? That's where that comes from. It's the beginning point of that. Now, all of this begins when we're children. And the Bible tells us that it's more than just honor as when we have children or when you are a child, because it's obedience as well. Here's what the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians. He says, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. He's just quoting the Ten Commandments. It's the first commandment of the promise. If you honor them, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. He, he follows up in Colossians. He says, children, always obey your parents for this pleases the Lord. Some of you wanna write that on cards, place, frame it over your kid's bed, you know kids look at this every day, you know, this pleases, look, you you need to to obey, right? We want to do that. And what we want to do as parents sometimes is focus on our kids and go, hey, you you need to do this, you need to do this. And guess what? They do. But this is not a one-sided arrangement here. There's another side. And those scriptures that we just read don't give us a kind of license to treat our kids however we want. It, it's, it's not permission to say, well, they're, they're my kids according to God, so I'm just gonna do whatever, thing I, whatever I want. The Apostle Paul now has another responsibility for those who are in authority, for parents. In fact, he finishes both of these segments uh, by saying this, parents, don't provoke your children to anger by the way that you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and the instruction that comes from the Lord. And the Colossians ones, he says, parents, don't come down too hard on your children or you'll crush they're spirits. So there's this dual side to what's going on here between parents and kids. But I wanna remind you, when we honor those that God has placed an authority over our lives, in this case, our parents, we move ourselves into the place of God's favor and God's blessing. It's establishing this guardrail for us to live in freedom. And I will tell you, We have have needed this from the beginning, right? God gave these 10 Commandments 3,000 years ago, and these were important and needed for us as his people, and they're no less important today because we live in a culture where authority is no longer honored at all. And our kids, and us as well, are being heavily influenced by media and culture to throw off any restraint, as the Bible says, and and have no respect, and instead to live in this place of, I know what's best for me rather than my parents or anyone else in authority. And it starts leading our kids and even us to a very dark path. And if we don't honor our parents, if you're younger here, if you don't honor your parents, it's unlikely you will honor any other authority. So parents, it's our job to protect and love and care for our kids, and because that parental role of guiding and protecting the child is on our plate, God says honor your father and your mother. Write this down for number two. God commands me to live out, honor, and respond with honor. So if you're here in the room and you're younger, right? You're living in your parents, or you're living with your parents. You're underage. Uh, I want to say something to you. Okay, so perk up. You will be happy to know that this commandment doesn't say that you must always hang out with your mom and dad. It does not say that. It doesn't say that you will always have to be happy when they're walking right next to you in a public place. It doesn't say that. But it does say to honor them as opposed to being stubborn, not listening, being rebellious, or being disobedient. The Bible's clear in every one of those indicators. Obedience means that we do what our parents say, I want you to hear this, while we're a part of their household. And parents, We're not hoping that our kids figure things out for themselves. We aren't leaving them to their own devices to to find or or trying to find a way that we could, hey, we're gonna become their their best friend. That's not actually our role. I hope hope we get to those roles later in life where we truly have a, a close relationship that way. But you need to know as you're raising your kids, we don't have to be the only ones to give our kids instructions, but we are the responsible ones. And no matter how, how you choose to educate your kids, whether it's formal education or spiritual education or anything else, you are the one, moms and dads, to, to ensure that they're learning what is good and right and to help them grow in Christ. I will tell you, we have an amazing family ministry here. From our littlest kids, our elementary, junior high, high school. I mean, I'm so grateful for all those who serve and give and work in classrooms and student groups and small groups. I mean, it's just amazing what they do and how they share and how they're discipling and leading kids closer to Jesus. Now, we are, we are all in on that. We love that part. But can I tell you, when it's all said and done, it's not the responsibility of our Sunday school teachers or our youth leaders to share with our kids about Jesus to lead them and guide them and train them and teach them. Moms and dads, that, that's your role. We, we wanna support that role, come alongside you, do whatever we can, but ultimately it is your role. And so we have to, we have to live up into that. Now if, again, to those of you who are younger and still living at home, uh, you need to know this about them, and by the way, your parents did not tell me to say this to you, but I want you to know it because I want you to hear our heart and I realize that there 's dysfunction and you know imperfection and all this and so we 're just going to take that for granted. but can I tell you this that as parents, we really do want the best for you We want the best for you we 'd like you to know that that we, we can bring something that, that brings some joy into your life. We want you to be safe. We want you to be fulfilled. We want to see your faith become your own and to truly know God and that you would truly have a heart for people. We, as parents, we want to see you thrive and become all that God made and designed you to be. That's our heart. And you need to know that's where all of this is coming from. So what does it mean if we're gonna honor our parents. Remember, we recognize the weightiness of the position that has been given to them as moms and dads. Now, if your mind has wandered for a moment and you're coming back going, wait, 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 is there something going on here? Here's the thing, are there limits to honoring parents? And the truth is, um, there's not a, a limit to honoring our parents, God says do this, but there is a limit to obedience, because authority can be abused. In Acts 29, we see a principle that has to do with government, but it also applies to parents, church leadership, it applies to any authority over us. And here's what it is, if the choice is between obeying God and obeying men, we obey God. That's, In fact, if you look at the Ten Commandments, the first one, have no other gods before me, that actually becomes the way that we think in life. It's God first, takes precedent over any other. But in those hopefully rare cases, there's still a way to be respectful and honorable to your parents or to those in authority, even if they're asking something of you that they don't have the authority to ask. So let me say something else to those of you who are adults. The commandment to honor your father and mother and the obey your parents, especially that part that we read, shifts as you become an adult. We still honor, but you are no longer under their authority and cover. So that thing of, I'm an adult now, and my my parents are saying this this, and I've got to obey them, because that's what the Bible says. Understand that, that that is why you are a child. You can still honor, but you are no longer under the authority of your parents to simply obey no matter what. You can honor while still having personal and healthy boundaries. Now I know this can be challenging because of the things I mentioned at the beginning. There's still unhealthy dysfunction between parents and kids. Often been hurt because we're all imperfect and yes, we bring all of our imperfections, all of our trauma, all of our wounds right into our parenting. And if you're a parent, you're probably aware of the times that you've hurt your kids with words or attitudes or actions. I know that I have. And sometimes we need to draw some pretty hard lines to be emotionally and physically safe from hurtful parents or from hurtful adult kids. So we could say that this commandment is really larger than just parenting, There's a long tradition of understanding this commandment and all of them as having a deeper application like Jesus showed in the Sermon on the Mount. And while he specifically addresses parents and children, it's more, it's living with honor and respect as a template for any other relationship of authority we may have in our lives. So I wanna finish with this, we're we're really about out of time, but I wanna give you five practical phrases of how you could begin to put some things in place. initially and specifically for moms and dads. Like, how do I honor my my parents, no matter what age you are in this? If your parents are no longer alive, you could maybe look around and go, how could I employ these phrases, these actions, to those around me to esteem them and respect them in doing that? Now, these are gonna be really simple words, really simple phrases. I'll give you just a brief definition of them. But it may be memorable as we take these action steps. Ready? The first one is this. Yes, write that down, yes. Dave, what do you mean by that? It means a predisposition towards agreement. If you're younger and still at home, what this means is a willingness to obey. As we get older, it's a desire to walk patiently with our parents, not in opposition or defiance, but as much as possible in grace and in agreement with them to be favorable that way. The second phrase is this, thank you, thank you. This is a heart of gratefulness for the challenge and the burden of parenthood. Or sometimes just a gratefulness for leadership and authority in general. If you, are, if you lead in anything, whether it's in your work or uh, in your home or you know, coaching or some kind of club or civic or you know, whatever like that, you know this, leading is tough. Leading is tough, because there's always those who don't agree with the decision or leadership, so we know that. And can I tell you this? The biggest challenge of leadership is parenting. Parenting is hard. It is not for sissies. It, 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 is, it is tough, and I will tell you, a thank you and appreciation towards your parents or those in authority goes a long ways. The third phrase is this: I'm sorry. This is probably harder than the first two, but let me just say this to you. Who knows what sort of healing it might bring in some of your parental relationships to simply say those two words, I'm sorry. Now maybe you're thinking, Dave, I, <laughs> you need to know like 95% of this that has gone on, it's my parents' fault. They're the ones who did that. And guess what, Dave? They've never acknowledged it. They've never said anything. And if I say I'm sorry, you know what they're gonna do? They're gonna go, see, I never did anything wrong. It was all on you. I know that that opens a little bit of a can of worms in this. But you know the Bible, when when God commands us and talks to us about forgiveness and grace, it's hard. So here's what I want you to know. Are you aware that the Holy Spirit is at work in your parents' lives? You may not see it. You may not recognize it. You may not want to acknowledge it. But the Holy Spirit's at work in their life. Just like the Holy Spirit is doing work in your life. And this is not about owning it all and being a doormat and putting yourself back into a situation that is hurtful or traumatic or anything like that, but maybe he's bringing you to a place where you can simply just own your part and say, I'm sorry. The fourth thing is this, let me help. Let me help. Jesus said something about this in Mark 7. Rather than some of the Jewish leaders of their time helping their parents and their families... These leaders were saying this, oh, hey mom and dad, I'd really like to help you. I know that's what the commandment says, but I've made a choice to give to the Lord and I'm helping him now. And so they were completely neglecting their families. And I'll tell you, Jesus was pretty harsh with them for shifting and subverting God's commands and his desires. So here's what it comes down to. This is a place and an opportunity for us to be grace-filled, to help where we can to step in and do our part. Uh, Paul wrote this, but those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith, and such people are worse than unbelievers. We have a responsibility to honor our parents throughout their lives. We honor them when it's not pretty and when it's not perfect, because guess what? God loves us when it's not pretty and it's not perfect. The last one is this, hello. Hello. I'm gonna sound like your mother. Pick up the phone. Send a picture. Text them a picture. You'll also have to be tech support to help them get the picture and see it and all that. I completely understand. But I'm telling you, there's, there's very little that a mom or dad would like more in the world than to be connected to their kids and their grandkids. I know it doesn't always happen, but sometimes just that hello is maybe the start of something new. Maybe to pick up the phone and say, hey, we haven't talked for a while. How are you? And I'm gonna even give you one more part of that. If you have to call mom or dad, feel free to throw me under the bus You go, Pastor was preaching this sermon on honoring your parents and he told me that I should call and so here I am, I don't even know what to say, but he made me do it. Feel free to do that, okay? Just take a start. If you don't have children, you don't have living parents, or you don't even know who they are, you will please God by loving the family of God. Jesus said this, anyone who does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. That's why family terms were used so much. Paul says he's a spiritual father and we're brothers and sisters. These are opportunities for us to follow these commandments. We have a heavenly father to honor and all the family of God to love and to serve. But this is a chance for us to love close to home and to honor our fathers and mothers. Would you pray with me? Father, today we just are so grateful for your incredible love and grace towards us. And you are perfect, and yet we are not. And we bring our flaws and our imperfections and our hurts and our wounds to our families and to our parenting and every other instance. And God, sometimes we just really make a mess of things. And some of us have been hurt deeply and wounded deeply by our parents and by our family. And Lord, you're not just trying to shrug those off and say, deal with it but you're trying to gently lead us to a place where we can honor those that you've placed in authority over us or did have authority over us and we can respond to them in, in loving ways, even if we have to keep boundaries and distance. Lord, would you give us wisdom in this? Would you heal relationships that have been broken? Would you, would you mend families that have gone through trauma? And God, I pray that it would start with us, that we would honor as we desire to honor you. And we love you, and we thank you today, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. So, I'm gonna give you a couple things as we close. Um, Here's your challenge, I gave you five phrases this week. Yes, thank you, I'm sorry, let me help, and hello. Which of those could you begin this week? Which of those would be most impactful? How could you offer those to a parent or someone in the family of God? And I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit would guide you this week. Would you stand with me? And we're going to be done. I want, you to, I want to thank you just for joining us today. Know that our team will be in front here if you need someone to pray with you. Also, starting point. Uh, and I'm telling you, this week, Wednesday, is going to be amazing for our Harvest Fest. But I don't know how to put it any other way. We need volunteers. And so if you could go back there, talk to them, uh, we'd love to get you signed up and have a place. It'll be a ton of fun and you'll enjoy it. So have a great week. Be blessed and be a blessing.